Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. And if you haven't been with us over the last few weekends, I would encourage you to hop online and get caught up in this series. We are talking about this idea and this understanding that we are in a time right now that is quite crazy. Uh, if you turn on the news at all, you can see that, that things don't seem to be getting any better. They seem to continually be getting worse. If you get onto social media, you see that people are more divided than ever and things are just things that were right are now considered wrong, and things that were wrong are now considered right. And it's funny because as we say that, we get really uptight about it, but just in case you didn't know, it actually tells us that's going to happen in this book. Uh, So we shouldn't actually be that surprised by it because it says it. And so as we look at this, the understanding as we talk about Last Kingdom is that no matter what takes place, in the end, we know that there is one kingdom that will stand, and that is the kingdom of God. And so we can get uptight and upset and go, what is happening to our country? What is happening to our world? But the reality is the Bible has told us since the beginning that there will be a time when every other kingdom will fail and only his kingdom will stand. And so we've been walking through that. We've spent some time talking about how what Jesus, what we're going to celebrate next weekend, what Jesus has done on the cross has actually taken back um, the ability for his kingdom to rule on this earth. Even while we're here, that means there's two kingdoms. We've talked about that as well, that there is the kingdom of God. and, And we talked about this understanding that when we talk about the kingdom of God, we're not talking about someday. We're not talking about just heaven. We're talking about the kingdom of God is here and it's in us. So everywhere we go, we bring his kingdom with us. And for many of us, we need to wrap our minds around that because it is such a transformational point. So as children of God, we've been given a new home and a new hope. And so I want to look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 14. It says this, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things, not of the things that are on earth. For you have died, your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Let's pray. God, in the next few moments, as we spend just a little bit of time in your word, I pray, Father, that you will illuminate it to us. That, God, wherever we are in our journey that, God, you will speak directly to us. God, I know that there are those who are sitting in the house and those who are watching online, those who are at the North Slope of Alaska and in Malawi, and those who are at our campus in in Wyoming, that, Lord, we're in all different places maybe in our faith journey. But the amazing thing about your word is that it speaks to us right where we are, that, God, it is powerful and it is living and it changes things. And so, Father, I pray that wherever we are, we would open ourselves up to hear from you today. And that, God, you will do what you need to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So when I was younger, I had the opportunity to do quite a bit of traveling. My, my dad was always a world traveler. He loved to go and see things. He would do missions work. He would, he would go all over the place. And when I was in high school, I had this amazing opportunity to go. And we spent about three and a half weeks all over Europe. And, and that was at the time, this is going to age me, but this was before the Iron Curtain had fallen. 
And so this was back when a, a good chunk of Europe was, was, uh, was in communist r- rule. And so we got to drive. We flew into Germany, and then we drove through East Germany. And, uh, and it was a, quite an amazing experience. We went from there, and we spent some time in Poland and got to spend some time with a pastor who had a church that was underground and just some pretty incredible things. But I remember when I was a kid, and, and we had to go get our passports, and, and I, I remember I took the passport, and I was looking at it, and I read the first page of it, and I found it quite interesting. It says this, actually, I'm going to have it put up on the screen. It says, the Secretary of State of the United States hereby requests all... Whom, whom it may concern to permit the citizen slash national of the United States named herein to pass without delay or hindrance and in case of need to give all lawful aid and protection. And I remember reading that thinking, oh yeah, baby, USA, 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 right? Like I'm a citizen of the United States of America. And so I'm like, dude, you can't touch me. You can't touch me. Look at what I got. I got a book. It says everything that the U.S. has is available to me. That's pretty important. And then I got into eastern Germany. And my dad is driving, and I remember he's driving, and, and uh, they, they told him at the border, they said, listen, here's the deal. You're passing through. We understand you're driving through our country So you can drive through, but there are only certain places you're allowed to stop as somebody who's not from here. And he said, so don't you stop at any of the rest areas that have this marking. Don't stop at any, don't take any exits that aren't marked for you to take those exits. And so my dad was driving and we pulled off into a rest area because I'm sure it was not me that had to use the restroom, but somebody in our family had to use the restroom. And so we pulled over and as we did, my dad took the exit and he realized, uh uh-oh, This is not an exit we're supposed to take. And so he got right back onto the Autobahn and kept going. Didn't even stop. We got to the border and they and they had us in line and and they're going through and they're checking. They put the mirrors under the car and all the stuff that they do. And as they're doing that, they got to our car and they said, pull over. So they pull us over to the side. And they asked us to get out of the vehicle and they we they brought us into a room and they brought my parents into a separate room. And my sister and I sat in the, waiting, in the waiting area while they interrogated my parents for some time. And I remember thinking, I read the passport, baby. Come on, the passport said. And then I look out the window and they had taken our rental car and they had pulled all the seats out. They had completely pulled it apart to make sure that we weren't smothering any, or smothering. <laughs> we weren't smothering anybody. We were smuggling in case we were smuggling someone out of the country. And I sat there and I thought, you know, those words sound really good in the passport, but I'm not feeling it right now. And then when I was about 19 years old, I had the opportunity to go to Romania. Come on. (laughs) Ramona is representing. Uh, So I had the opportunity to go to Romania and my dad had asked, we were going to go and help this church that was, uh, that was starting out, and we were going to help them with a building. The church that we were a part of was, was going to go and, and participate with them. And so uh, he said, hey, will you bring your video gear, and let's document what we're doing over there so we can bring it back to our church, and we can show them, and we can raise some more money, and this will be kind of a sister church to us. And so I said, yeah, I'd love to go. So I, we went to Romania, and when we got off the plane in, uh, in Germany, 
we, we were going to drive in, and as we were driving in, my dad said, hey, I got something I need you to wear while we're here. It's like, okay. So he hands me this not stylish belt at all. And so I, I said, well, what's the deal with this? And he said, we've got, we're bringing money to this church, and so there's $25,000 in cash in this belt, and so I need you to wear it under your clothes. And uh, I was like, okay. This is a little iffy, but all right. So I thought, well, all right, but as soon as we get there, we'll transfer it to Romanian money. And Romania had just come out from underneath its dictatorship and, and was in a, in a transition period. And so the pastor of that church said, here's the deal. If you go and bring that, if we bring that to the bank, the, they, they will take a good chunk of the money. Like it, there, there'll be some stuff where they'll, they'll charge you or they'll, they'll steal, they'll whatever. And so they, he said, the best way to exchange money is on the black market. So we get there, we introduce ourselves to the pastor, we're hanging out with them for a little while, and then they said, okay, let's go and make the exchange. So we go to a side street downtown Cluj, Romania, where we meet some people who I'm sure were on the up and up. And I remember standing there for a moment going, I know what the passport says right now, but I'm not totally feeling it in this moment. I'm not feeling as though I'm under the protection of my country in this moment. Probably not because we were doing something a little shady. But, um, but I was thinking about that this week because for many of us, I think that some of us, when we talk about the kingdom of God and we, we try to wrap our minds around this understanding that we are, we are citizens of, of his kingdom. See, we've got this book that we can carry and it says to us that we're afforded all of the things of the kingdom of heaven. It says that all the protections, all of the benefits are all in the book. And so we can read the book and we can go, yeah. But when all of a sudden things get a little hard, sometimes we go, boy, I don't know how much I believe the book. See, that's where I was with the passport. I was in this place where I was like, boy, yeah, it says it, but I... I, you know, it'd be one thing if all of a sudden, like, wherever I was, I'm in East Germany, and all of a sudden, like, there's U.S. military standing around me, right? Like a, an Apache helicopter overhead, right? Then I'd be feeling it. But there wasn't that. I was there by myself with a little book that said all this should be afforded to me, but I didn't know what that would even look like. But for many of us, that's how we are when we read God's Word, and he says, these things are available to you. Last week, we talked about how it said greater things you can do than Jesus did. Now, that's awesome. And that's a great verse. You should print it out and put it on your mirror. But when you're in the middle of it, sometimes it feels as, as worthless as that passport felt to me in the, minute of, in the middle of my, my turmoil. So today, I want to take just a few moments, and I want to talk about this idea because Jesus is very clear in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, it says this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So Jesus is saying, this is how I want you to pray. I want you to pray like this. Now, We've heard that probably, whether you've been in church or not, you probably have heard that verse before. But I want to I key in on a couple of points here. When he says, 
your kingdom come, your will be done. He's not talking about heaven someday. He's talking about heaven today. He's talking about here on earth, that we can bring all that he is through us to this earth. We have been given a mandate of the highest importance from our King of Kings. We are to carry the kingdom of God with us everywhere that we go and release this kingdom through everything that we do. We are called by Jesus to bring heaven to earth. I told you last week that even as I was preaching what we talked about last week, that's hard. That's hard to understand. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around. It's easier to say, hey, this faith journey is about heaven someday. This whole thing is just about just making it through so someday I can be in heaven. But that's not what Jesus said. He said, you need to pray like whatever's in heaven will come to earth through you. So all of a sudden, something needs to change inside of us. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19 says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So what would it look like for the people of God to release the kingdom of heaven everywhere that they went? What would it look like for even just a few of us to truly find the calling of God on our lives and to live instead of seeking the the world's comfort and and the world's pleasure, but we step outside of that and step outside of ourselves and we live with an eternal perspective. You are made to make an eternal impact far greater than you can even imagine. God has designed you. He set you apart. When you said yes to Jesus, you became a member of the kingdom of God. You became a citizen. And when you became a citizen of the kingdom of God, what that means is everything afforded from the kingdom is afforded to you. So that means you can walk in a boldness and a strength that you wouldn't have otherwise. And you may sit in the room today and you go, Jason, that's really cool. I'm so messy. I'm such a a screw up. I've done so many things wrong and I don't deserve any of it. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. Because I don't deserve it either. None of us deserve it. But yet, when we say yes to Jesus, it opens up an opportunity for us. God has placed within you keys to the door of heaven. And he longs for you to use them and to release love and grace and peace and mercy and redemption to others who are in desperate need of him. Why is it that we are so, so, uh, why is it that outreach is so important to us? Because we understand that we are so blessed, that God's grace is so good, that he saw in us what we didn't see in ourselves. And so he's called us to step outside. Why do we got to step outside? Because otherwise, this is the kingdom. But guess what? When we go outside of these doors, the kingdom now spreads. 
The kingdom goes places that it isn't going otherwise. And that's why when you accept Christ and you begin to understand this and you begin to walk in the understanding of what he's called you to, then you get to go to a place and everywhere you go, you go, you know what? The kingdom is with me everywhere I go. He longs to call you out from the daily grind of life into a higher pursuit of seeing the earth transformed by his goodness. Seeing heaven come to earth all starts with declaring your need of God. And it all starts with drawing a circle around yourself and understanding that everywhere I go is the kingdom. You know, what's interesting to me if you've ever spent any time hearing about or listening to when, when somebody comes to the United States and they're an ambassador from another country. So when they come and they, they say, oh, I'm an ambassador from this particular country, do you understand that they don't actually have to live under the laws of our land? They, they can do things and, they, and if they get pulled over, they say, oh, diplomatic immunity. They hold up their credentials and they've got, oh no, I've got diplomatic immunity. Driving 90 and a 35, no, diplomatic immunity. It's pretty amazing actually to think about right? But for us, what we need to understand is when we draw a circle around ourselves and we go, guess what? I'm, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. Doesn't mean you can speed. Don't try that, please. I'm not saying that. So don't, you know, don't like, ah, oh, diplomatic immunity. Sorry, child of the kingdom. Because uh, you will get a ticket. Um, but what I'm saying to you is this, that if we all of a sudden began to understand that, then when, when we step into a situation where we go, man, God needs to move in that person's life. Guess what? He sent you. He sent you. You are an ambassador to the kingdom. So you represent him. And you get to step into that story and you get to step into people's lives and you get to watch as, as people around you are hurting and in need and you get to be the one to say, you know what? I am the kingdom of God here on earth. All that is required of you is to take time to let God's love fill you and let his desires become your desires. You need to follow his leadership into the fulfillment of those desires. You are not called to minister to others in your own strength. You're not called to figure out how to best love people. You aren't even called to muster up the desire to bring God's kingdom to earth. All the weight of this eternal impact rests on the shoulders of your heavenly father. See, that's where we get, we get kind of messed up. Because we talk about things like this and we're like, oh yeah, but wow, what if I blow it? What if I make a mistake? What if I try to share Jesus and I don't know the answers to the questions that they have? Or what if, and what if, and what if? And we talked about that a few weeks ago because the what ifs stop us. They paralyze us. They keep us from being who God's asked us to be. But if instead you go, you know what? The weight of it isn't on me. So when I, when I see an opportunity, when I, when I see somebody in the, in the grocery store and they look like they're upset, they look like something's wrong with them, and I, I go, you know what, I'm the kingdom. So I'm going to go and I'm going to try and bring the kingdom to this person who obviously could use the kingdom right now. So when I go and I approach that person, I can do it in full knowledge that the weight of that isn't on me, it's on him. And I can, I can step into their story and I go, hey, can I just ask you, are you all right? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. But can I, 
do you have a, is it okay if I just, there's something I can pray with you about? And man, they may like run screaming away from you. I don't think they will, but even if they did, who cares? But you may go, man, God, use me. So pray, right? Like, God, this is on you. I'm going to do this, but it's on you. You're responsible. And then step into it because you're not representing the kingdom of Jason. You're representing the kingdom of God. So it's on him and he loves it because he's called us to spread the kingdom. He's called us to make an impact. He's called us to make a difference. So last week's verse, this is what it was, and I want to look at it again real quick. Believe me, I am in my Father, and my Father is in me. If you can't believe that, believe what you see, these works. The person who trusts me will not only do what I'm doing, but even greater things. Because I, on my way to the Father, am giving you the same work to do that I've been doing. You can count on it. From now on, whatever you request along the lines of who I am and what I am doing, I'll do it. That's how the Father will be seen for who he is in the Son. I mean it. Whatever you request in this way, I'll do. So last week we focused on the greater things, and that's good. But from now on, whatever you request along the lines of who I am and what I am doing, I'll do it. That's how the Father will be seen. Stop there for a moment and just listen to that. How is God going to be seen in these days, in this trying time that we live in? How is it that God will be seen? He'll be seen through you. Jesus said, listen, I walked this earth and I showed people a reflection of who my dad is. I was a good example of who he is so that they could understand how to have a relationship with him. And so that's what I've done. But now I'm leaving, and so I'm giving you that assignment. It's yours. So they will, he will, they will see God through you. So when you just go, oh, you know what? That's not really my responsibility. I'm not called to be in the ministry. I will never be a pastor. I'll never do any of those things. It never says that. It doesn't say, I'm leaving, and all who, are, who have gone through theological seminary, it, they, will, they will be the ones that represent God. No, it says, those of you who believe, those of you who have accepted citizenship into the kingdom of God, you are the representative of who he is. And inside of that now, everywhere that you go, you have opportunity and I'm telling you right now, we are in a time and a season, it's going to get harder. It's going to get worse. Things are going to get messier than they've ever been before. And right now is the time. The church needs to shine. We need to step out of our comfort zone. We need to stop worrying about what will people think of us. We've got to chase after what his calling is for our life. Being used by God to bring heaven to earth is meant to be a part of the normal, daily Christian life. It's not a special occasion. It's not just, oh, at Easter and Christmas, do your best. No, it is when we accept Christ, we go, you know what? From now on, I now have an assignment. God's given me a job. And that is to seek and to save those who are lost. You're going you're gonna to have contact with people I will never meet. You're going to have conversations with people that would never talk to the bald guy. you got to understand it's your job. It's your responsibility. We are called to more than simply working a job or going to school or hanging out with friends. 
No matter what job you do for work, God wants to bring the kingdom of earth, the kingdom to earth through you. What if everywhere you went, you remembered that? What if everywhere you went, you put a circle around yourself? And you said, every place that I put my foot down is the kingdom of God. Every person that I touch, every place that I go, the kingdom of God is there. A few years back, we had the opportunity to go to the Dream Center. And if you, if you haven't had the opportunity to do that, I would highly encourage it. We're going to try and still do a trip, I believe, this fall. This was a few times ago that I was able to go, and I actually brought my, my youngest son, Logan, with me. And we were, we always go out on these, on these outreaches where you go down to Skid Row in Los Angeles, California. And it is, during the day, it is, it is kind of scary. And at night, it's way worse. And so we, we had circled up at the Dream Center, and they, they were giving us some instructions, and they said, hey, listen, we're going to go down to Skid Row tonight, and the way that we do this is we're going to all, there's about 50 of us, and we're going to kind of walk in, in not in a, a, in a single file line, but we'll all be kind of knowing where each other are, and we'll go in the same direction so we can keep track of where everybody is. And so they said, let's, before we go down there, let's circle up and let's, let's have a time of prayer. And so we were doing that, and, and there was a, another team from another church there, and they said, hey, can we sing a couple of worship songs? So they began to lead us in worship, and I was standing in the back, and I was praying, and I really felt like God saying, listen, you're not going to Skid Row as a tourist. You're going as a warrior. And I was like, okay, that's cool, God. And we got done. We got done with the worship time, and the, the young man who was leading the group said, hey, guys, you're, we all had to wear these lanyards when we did work at the Dream Center so they'd know who we were. And he said, hey, I want everybody to take your lanyard off and I want you to put it in your pocket because you're not going to Skid Row as a tourist. And I was like, okay, that's cool, God. Nice confirmation. And they said, hey, Jason, um, who in your group is the shyest of your team? And I said, I said, oh, and Melinda and Alan Newsom were with us. And I said, well, probably Melinda, I guess. And so he goes, okay, Melinda, you're going to come up and you're going to pray us out. And Melinda gave me a really nice look as she walked up to the, to the thing. Um, she was super excited. And so she, she begins to pray, and it, it's a little timid at first, but then she just starts getting bolder and bolder. And in the middle of her prayer, she says, God, we are warriors going down to Skid Row today. And I was like, uh-oh. Buckle up. God's talking. So we go down, we go down to Skid Row, and... And it's, it's, depending on the time of year that you're there, there's between 20 and 60,000 homeless people that live within a 20-block radius. So we go down there, and it's dark, and we, we were teamed up with some guys and gals that were part of the Veterans Hall of the, of the Dream Center. And so they would put one of them in the front of our group, one of them in the middle, and one of them in the back, and we would all just kind of walk through. They gave us some little snacks to hand out to start conversation with some of the homeless people. So we're walking through the streets, and, and as we're walking, I'm keeping my eye on Logan. Logan's about, I think, 16 at the time. And so I said, hey, Logan, how are you doing? And he's like, he's like good. Dad, did you, did you notice the rats? And for whatever reason, I hadn't seen it up until then. But all of a sudden, I look down, and it's like the floor is alive. This isn't a great brochure for going to the Dream Center, maybe. Um, but we're walking, and, and as we're going, I, I ended up in the front of the group, and I'm having conversation with this guy who goes down there every week, and, and we're talking. 
and we're handing out stuff. And I had two things left in my hand to give out. And I walked by and there was a guy that was sleeping and other people were leaving stuff for the people that were sleeping. But I'm like, no, I really want conversation. Like, I don't want to just leave it. I want to give it to somebody so I can talk to him. So I walked over the guy. I didn't give it to him and I kept going. And about a minute later, we're, we're walking, and all of a sudden, out of this rescue mission, this lady comes out, and she's screaming at the top of her lungs. She's screaming, and she's, and she's growling, and she, is, she is, looks like she's crazy. People are coming up to her, trying to get her to calm down, and she's shoving them. She's doing all kinds of stuff, and, and I look at the guy, and I go, that, that lady is demon-possessed. And he said, yeah, she is. So I said, well, let's, let's see what happens if she comes over here. Well, she got a little bit close to us, and then she booked down towards where our team was going to come around the corner. And she sat herself down up against the wall, and she got really small and quiet. And I said to the guy, I said, she's lying in wait. She's lying in wait down there is what she's doing. And he said, yeah, I think you're right. Sure enough, another guy that wasn't part of our group happened to walk by, and she jumped up, and she shoved him into the road. And he fell backwards and she grabbed his stuff and then growled at him and he took off running. And then she went back and she got small again. And I said to the guy, I said, listen, I, I, we can't have our team walk past that. We gotta go back down. And he goes, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay here and if you wanna go down there, you can do that. And I'm like, thanks, buddy, appreciate that. So I begin to walk that direction timidly and slowly all the while saying Jesus over and over and over and over again in my head. Actually, not in my head, out loud. Um, and as I got close, I thought, well, I'll stand here. She's probably about to the end of the stage, and I'm standing there, and I can see her. She's sitting right next to the guy that I had stepped over, not giving him my snack that I had in my hand. She's not looking, so I'm thinking, okay, this is okay. I'll just watch, and if when the team comes, I'll guide them around this area. Well, this guy looks up and sees the popcorn and the pop I'm holding in my hand. And he's like, hey, buddy. I'm like, oh, no. He's like, hey, can I have that? I'm like, yep. So I get close, and she gives me a look. And I thought, oh, boy, here we go. All of a sudden, she jumps up, and she runs out into the street screaming again. So I go back and I'm talking to this guy and, and he's like, we just gotta be praying. We gotta be praying because whatever, that's not that little girl, that's something else that's happening with her. And so we stand there and a team comes around the corner eventually and now we look and she is now further down but she's doing it again. She's gotten small up against the wall. And so I said, okay, well, we, the team, there's too many of them. We can't tell them what's going on. So we'll just keep walking. And as we get closer, him and I are just praying. And we're like, God, you need to set this girl free or get her out of our way. Whichever you're going to do, do it. Because we can't have her causing an incident with our, with our team. So we're praying and we're praying. And as soon as we get within any, any distance of her, she jumps up screaming as she runs off. And then she comes back as if she's going to rush us. And the guy that's with me begins to just yell, come on, you ain't got no authority. And I'm like, he said that. But the amazing thing was she never would get close to us. She'd always act like she was going to do something. But as soon as she got anywhere near us, all of a sudden she realized, oh, I changed addresses. I'm no longer in Los Angeles, California. I'm seeing the kingdom of God in front of me. 
See, we got to represent wherever we go. We got to understand that it's not you. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You don't have it in you to do it. But you have him in you to do it. And that changes everything. Because he is good enough. He is strong enough. Last week I told you, you know, sometimes we get afraid to pray for somebody for healing because what if they don't get healed? Oh man, I'll I'll be I'll look I'll look a fool if I pray for somebody and they don't get healed. That'll be horrible. No. You represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So when you step in, you are saying with all his authority, I'm saying to you, you can be healed. And God can do it. If he heals them, he heals them. If for some reason he goes, no, I've got that for a later time. I've got that for another. That's fine. You did your job. You represented him well. That story about the dream center is, it's a little bit dramatic, but the kingdom can dispel demons, but it can also bring hope. It can bring influence. It can bring life change. No matter who your friends are or where you find yourself, God wants to bring the kingdom of of God to earth. If you will say yes every day, I promise you, you'll start an adventure that you'll never want to go back from. See, we can just go, oh, I got to get comfortable. I got I to gotta make my life easy. I got to do all these things. And then someday I'll, I'll, I'll worry about that stuff. But I'm telling you, you're missing out because God who designed you, he created you. He knows what will fulfill you. But often we buy into the lie that the, the world says, well, get all this and you'll be fulfilled. But what you watch is people that seek what the world has. They, they, they get what they think is going to bring fulfillment. And then they have to go after something else and then something else and then something else. Because it never does. But it's when you say yes to him and you go, I'm bringing the kingdom with me. I'm going to places that I would not normally go. I'm going to go with Hope Beacon and I'm going to go hang out with a bunch of homeless people that I don't know because God called me to bring the kingdom to this earth. And then all of a sudden this thing ignites in you and you go, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, I have life. There's, there's hope in here. There's something that's changed inside of me because it's not about the money and the things I can acquire. It's about this thing that he's put in me, that he's designed me with, that he says, if you'll do these things, then all of a sudden you will have life. And when we read that verse, it says, if you align yourself with what he wants, if you figure out who he is and what's important to him, then when you ask for things in his name, he will do them. He doesn't say, I might do them. He says, I'll do them. This is hard. Because many of us, we just like a, a cushy little like grace message that says, hey, God's good, he loves you, and he forgives you, and that's great, and it's true. But it doesn't stop there. That's not the end of the story. When he does that, when he saves you, when he forgives you, He does it and says, now go. Change the world. I'm asking everybody to just close your eyes with me for the next few moments. (laughs) 
I'm gonna have our prayer teams come down and be ready to pray for people. I believe that there are many of you in the room who you need prayer, you need prayer for healing. And I have been praying this week that tonight would be a night where we would just see people get healed. Whatever it is, some of you are like, oh yeah, if I had a little headache, I might go down and get prayed for, but what I got is bigger than that. Whatever you got is not bigger than our God. Whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're affirmed with, God is able. So these teams are gonna be down here and they are gonna pray and they're gonna align themselves with what God says and God says he can heal. So it's in complete alignment. And we're gonna believe that God's gonna heal you tonight. Maybe you're in the room and you're like, man, I am, I am struggling with my faith. I am having a hard time being who he's asking me to be. I've got these addictions. I've got these things. I've got those, these distractions that keep popping up in my life and I don't know what to do with them. Then I'm gonna ask you to do me a favor and I'm gonna say, would you just come to an altar during worship and just say, God, I'm laying these things at your feet. Whatever they are, I'm gonna trust you with them because God, I wanna be the kingdom of God. I wanna walk and I wanna be an example of who you are. For some of you, I want you to be in prayer tonight because you've got people in your life that need Jesus. They need hope. And this is your week. This is the time for you to step out of what's comfortable and to step into your calling. Some of you are like, well, I don't know what my calling is. I'm telling you what your calling is. It's to be Jesus to the world. It's to show off who he is. It's to make him famous. That's your calling. So this is your week. This is your opportunity to say, I'm tired of hiding and making up excuses not to. So I'm gonna go and I'm gonna win the loss this week. So I wanna pray over you tonight, wherever you find yourself tonight, can we just lean in and can we just trust God more? Can we take him at his word and understand that we get to be the kingdom of heaven? We get to bring heaven to this earth. God, I pray transformation in this house. I pray, Father, that you will help us to be who you've called us to be. God, help us to, to act in such a way that, Lord, we know that our dad is in charge. That God, they're not just words in a book that may or may not be true, but they are your word. And you are not a liar. You tell the truth. So God, when you say we can be healed, we can be healed. When you say we can change the world, we can change the world. When you say greater things, we can do greater things. Because it's what your word says. Father, I pray for everyone within the sound of my voice that is in need of a healing touch right now. I pray, God, that we would see you move. That, God, we would see you touch their physical bodies. That, God, whatever needs to be broken off is broken off. Whatever needs to be healed will be healed. Whatever needs to be replaced with a new part will be replaced with a new part. Because, God, that is the God that we serve, and you are more than able. God, whatever you're speaking to us tonight, help us to hear it. But help us not to end there, but to actually do what you're asking us to do. Father, we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand as we worship? If you need healing tonight, we just come forward and get prayed for. Otherwise, the altars are open.
Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.